You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. Title of the message is, I'll be satisfied. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll be satisfied. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'll be satisfied. I'll be satisfied. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk out of John, and we're going to talk a few different places tonight, but we're going to talk about the abundance. We all right, Brad? Okay. We're going to talk about the abundance. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, prophet pastor. I'm not a, uh, I'm not one that says that you're going to be financially rich, but I believe that God has an abundance for you. And I believe as a church people, too often we don't meet the need that God wants us to meet because I think that that God has a lot more for us, if that makes sense to anybody. I I think that he carries a lot more resources than what we give him credit for. I believe that he's got a lot more for us than what we'll we'll ever tap into because he's God. He's God Almighty. He has created all things. He owns all things. And he is God. So out of John 10, 10, we learn that the thief cometh. Not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And everybody in life, listen, I am the, I am the chief sinner. I have, my life was tried to be killed. It tried to be stolen from me. It was just down. Scotty was down. I listened to my kid brother today. He called me and he said, hey, I got to share a testimony with you. He met this man five months ago and he doesn't know why, but the Lord put him in his, put him in, Rosie, put him right in his face, pretty much. And he said, he introduced himself, and I said, I don't know, I'm just drawn to you. And he learned his name, and, and last Friday, he went to him, and it's about five months, and he said, he went to him, and he's been inviting him to church, and he's never come. But he felt drawn to go last week, and he, he, they're not close friends, he's just somebody his acquaintance. And he went last week on Friday, and he said, listen, I, I don't know why the Lord has put me wanting to speak to you and wanting to draw you to church. And he says, I don't know either. He goes, but I just got a report. I got cancer. And I'm dying. And Adam said, well, I might not be able to lead you to church. The thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy. God doesn't give sickness, illness, and diseases. That's of the devil. Our job is to be kingdom builders, right? And Adam says, well, that's why we're drawn. I may never get you to church, but would you like to know Jesus? And he said, I would. So he led him to the Lord right there. He, he, the daughter came in. The daughter said, hey, hey amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. The daughter came in and said, hey, uh, mom's in the bedroom. Would you like to talk to her? He goes in there and he says, absolutely. And he goes in there and he says, hey, Debbie, sorry to disturb you. She says, give me a hand. I need a hand up. He goes, I got to ask you one question. If you die tonight, do you know heaven's your home? She said, no, I don't. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Our nation is pitiful. I told pastor the other day, I saw on the news that that 2% of cars, of armored cars, were sold to government officials, protective vehicles, right? Citizens are starting to buy armored cars because that's the country that we live in. That's the country that we're starting to live in. The adversary tries to kill, steal, and destroy. But God, Jesus says right here in the verse, he says, I have come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. The day that you gave yourself to Jesus Christ is the day that you started living an abundant life. The day that you gave yourself Listen, I'm okay with you raising your hand, but it's got to be a heart transformation that takes place. It's all, it can't be about who he is, but it's about knowing who he is right here. Your abundant life will change because of knowing who Jesus is. Jesus says, I have come to give you life. That life started whenever you confessed. The abundant life, though, started whenever you started giving, whenever you started giving your tithe and your offering, whenever you started giving of your time. Listen, let's go to verse 9, and then I'm going to read verse 11 after that. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That is exactly what he's done. I've come that you may have life. He came, he laid it down so that we could have life. We are a lamb of God. We, We are a son and daughter of the most high God. We are who he says that we are. He says, I am the door. You can go in and you can go out. To what? To good pasture. I've come that you could have abundant life and you can go in and out of that good pasture. That's what he says. I'm the door. I'm a shepherd. I grew up being a shepherd. And I can think about whenever I started reading this and the Lord started dropping things in my, in my spirit, man, he reminded me of how dad used to make us take those sheep and those lambs and he would make us get them out of the pasture and go to our front yard where the clover was and let them eat. And he would make us watch them for 30 minutes a day. And my, two, my one older brother and my baby brother, they would sit there and cuss and, 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 and just, they were down on dad. They couldn't, why do we have to stand here for 30 minutes to watch sheep? They would just let them out. They ain't going to go anywhere, right? I never murmured, complained about it. It didn't bother me. We would take him over to to our neighbor's farm. He's got a good 200 acres. And he said, you can graze them as much as you want. And dad would make us go over there. Listen, they were able to go in the good pasture and eat the clover. And then they came back to their normal pasture. Right? But there's times in that normalcy, John, when they find laurel. Laurel ain't good for sheep. Laurel's a poison. See, I preached a couple weeks ago. The devil doesn't always... Kill, steal, and destroy us, but our choices. As lambs of God, there's choices. As lambs on the farm, those lambs made choices to go and eat that laurel, and that laurel would bring them almost unto death. But the shot of penicillin would resurrect them back to life. Amen? Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. I am the good shepherd, and I have made a way for you, and I am going to give you abundant life. How does he do that? Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Verses one through three, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Listen, the people are pressed upon him to what? Hear the word of God. We come to hear the word of God, and I'm thankful that you're all here. I'm I'm proud that you're here on a Sunday night. I wish more people would come, to be honest with you, and press in to Jesus. Listen, people want to hear the truth. They want to see the truth. And that's exactly what's taking place here. And it came to pass that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Let me read 38 through 44 of chapter 4 for you. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately... She arose and ministered unto them. I wonder how many people got to witness that that miracle. Was it just Simon, Andrew, and his wife? Were there more in the house? Everywhere that Jesus went, he had a following, right? 
So where there's people outside the window looking in, oh my gosh, he rebuked the fever. She's standing up. She's ministering. Can you imagine? Let's go to verse 40, 41. And now when the sun was setting, all that they had, any, with, any sick with divers diseases, brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Man, you talk about the crowd. They're starting to bring everybody there. The abundant life. Jesus is healing everybody. They're pressing in because they've, they've heard of the miracles. They're pressing in because they know that he is the Son of Christ. They've seen the devils cry out and they can realize that he is the Christ. Verses 42 through 44. And when it was the day, he departed and he went into a, a desperate place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. The people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. If we are living right, if we're living in that abundant life, we should have people pressing in on us to hear about Jesus Christ. They should see a difference in us. We shouldn't smell like the world. We shouldn't look like the world. We should be the light of the world, just as Jesus called us to. We should be completely different because God has called us, set us apart. He said that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly, that you can go in and get it and you can take it out. Listen, he gathered away into a desert place so that he could get refreshed, anointing of God to come upon him so that he could go in and he could go out and do the things that God has called him to do. Amen. So he's in the boat, or he's at the, he's at the lake, and when he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. They're pressing up on him so much that he's got to get away. So he steps back onto a ship. And now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering him, answering unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Listen, Simon is fishing. The boat, I, I, I Googled this because whenever I was reading, I, I'm starting, as it goes into more, you know, Peter's sitting there fishing and he's toiled all night long. And it's not a rod and a cast. He's got a net. Imagine you're sitting there all night long, Scotty. And, and, and you're, you're, you're casting your net. Now this boat, to my understanding, whenever I Googled it out of the museum, it's 27 feet long, seven and a half feet wide. So about five chairs is what Mona and I measured earlier. About five chairs wide, right? 27 feet. So we'll say about 15 rows, right? And he's toiled all night long. It's four foot deep. So you've probably got about two feet that's in the water and you got your floor right and he is fishing all night long. So he's sitting there and he's casting that net and it's a job. It's a job. It's not just a small net. It's a big net and he's got to bring this thing back in and it's empty every single time. Every single time. And he keeps casting it back out and it's empty every single time. He's bringing it back in, right? He is frustrated. It's not been easy. He just washed it and cleaned it and the master says to him, if you'll go back out, and launch your net. 
Listen, you want the abundant life. It's going to take your time. Peter is giving of his time to the master. You want the abundant life. There's going to be a time, George, that he speaks to you that you got to go visit somebody. But, oh, my gosh, it's time to go to the gym and work out. I don't have time for that. You want the abundant life. Peter wasn't asking for the abundant life. Peter was ready to go home and have breakfast, kiss his wife, and take a nap and do it all over again. But the master showed up and he said, throw your net out, cast it out. See what happens. He cast out his net and he started reeling it in. But this time there was something different about it. This time he couldn't pull. This time he couldn't pull and he's yelling, hey Zebedee, get James and John, there's so much here. There's so much here that when he started pulling it in, that it says the boats were full. Did I tell you that they're 27 feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and probably two feet from floor to the side? That's the master that we serve. He wants you to have life. He said, I want you to have life, and I want you to have it more abundantly, but you got to be willing to listen. you got to be willing to give up your time. Even in your frustrated days, and I reflect back when Pastor called me five years ago, and I may use this all the time, I don't know, but my brother had just passed away, and he sent me to the hospital. I was not in the mood to go, to be honest, but I went because the Lord laid, him, laid me on his heart to go. I was called specifically for that hour. The Lord is going to call you. When you're not in the mood to go, he's going to call you whenever you're not in the mood to go fishing, just like Peter. But if you want the abundance, if you want that life that he's talking about, he just wants you to step into that faith and go. Amen? What happens with Peter? Peter, Peter turns around and he says, God, forgive me. I'm a sinful man. But think of that truth and that grace that he gives. The truth is, he knew Peter was frustrated. The truth is he knew all about Peter didn't want to do it. But the grace was, Peter, I love you. Just trust me. Just trust me. The grace was, I love you, Peter. Just, just trust me and cast it out and see what happens. Listen, you're no longer going to be a fisher of men or a fisher of fish. You're going to be a fisher of men. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Listen, too often you want your pastors to go and cast a net for you. You want your pastor to cast the net. But all God's saying, why don't you cast the net once? Why don't you cast it once and bring in that fish? Why don't you try it once? Because whenever you try it once, you're going to get some confidence that you can do it. When pastor started sending me to hospital visits, and he would he'd say, call me after you're done. And I'd call him, and I'd say, hey, I visited. It was a good visit. You know, they're doing okay. Aaron. Did you ask him if I know Jesus? No, sir, I didn't. Aaron, turn around. Go back in that room and ask him if I know Jesus. Yes, sir, I'll call you right back. You're exactly right. They do or they do. There's no ifs, ands, or abouts. There's only one that ever told me I'm not interested. But if he wouldn't have encouraged me, and that's what I'm trying to do to you tonight. I'm trying to encourage you that you have the same anointing upon you to, 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 to cast the net and to save someone's soul from the pits of hell. You have that ability to cast the net. And that's the abundant life. You're, you're a kingdom builder. That's what the abundant life is about. It's not all about dollars. 
It's about saving souls. Jesus didn't come and say, I'm going to be rich. He didn't show up and say, I'm the Messiah. I'm here. Give me my crown. No, no. He said, I've come so that you can have life and have it more abundantly here on earth, not just in heaven. He wants all of us to have this abundant life. Amen. He tells us in Luke 6 and 38, he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet with, it shall be measured to you again. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I, I was just running through thoughts today. The first thing we got to give is our life to Jesus, right? When we give our lives to Jesus, and then we start giving of our time and of our dollars. We start, we start feeling something inside of us, right? But then he can still shake it a little bit and he can get a little bit more in there, right? And even whenever you think that, that, that you're completely filled up with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you don't need any more, he can come along and he can put a little bit more in you, right? Shake down, pressing together is what he can do, right? Whenever you think that, you, that you've given all, he can continue to make room for you to give a little bit more, right? He can continue to give, help you out, right? He's going to continue to help you, right? He's going to continue to help you to press it down because then you can continue, right? You can continue to give more to the kingdom. You can continue because the abundant life is not all about us. It's about other people. It's about helping, right? So he, he continues to press it down. But not only that, then he starts to pour out even more anointing because as you can see, it ain't completely full yet. It starts running over. It starts running over. God's got a blessing for you and it's got your name on it. All you got to do is want it because whenever you start giving to the master, and you start putting things in the right master's hands, he can take you from there, from running over, to where he can take this little dough ball that you got, right? And he can take it. And he can turn it into something really good for you, right? He can turn it into something really good for you. The master is the potter. And we are the clay. And if we get obedient to where we start surrendering, where we start giving unto him, he'll take it in a different form and he'll start pressing it out. And whenever he starts pressing it out, one dollar bill, whenever he starts pressing it out, the abundance of overflow starts coming. Amen. It is all about giving, allowing him to change us, to mold us, to groom us, to extend us to what we were, to what he wants us to be, to where we continue to give and he presses out where one dollar one dollar has a hundred pennies in it, right? Listen, I used this on Friday, just this dollar and penny illustration, but by Friday, I already picked up an extra 50 cents. Huh? He already multiplied it. He already gave the abundance. Huh? He already gave the abundance. He already poured into it. And what does it take? He says, give. What does it mean to give? Give your heart to Jesus. And then what? Give your time. That's exactly what Peter did. Peter gave his time. And what took place? As he gave it, it was measured back to him. 
It was measured back to him a hundredfold. Both ships were full and they started to sink. Hallelujah. That's the God that we serve, right? But let's listen to that verse again. Shall men give into your bosom? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? These men in this day knew what it meant. I had no clue what it meant, Mary Bob. But they got a garment that they wear on the outside of their girdle. You know what they put in this? Most of those shepherds carry a lamb in there whenever it's injured or their supplies. Women would carry their children. It's their bosom. It's their bosom. They're able to put things in here so they can relate when God said, and they shall give, men shall give unto you, and you'll be able to stash it in your bosom. Listen, my suit coat's only got one pocket. It ain't big enough for a lot. Huh? But they got a bosom, and they're wearing it. And God is giving, giving it unto them, unto us, if we'll listen to him. He says, for with the same measure that you meet, with it shall be measured unto you. Listen. Figuratively speaking, what's your expectations when you give? Huh? Is it a dollar in return? When you give that dollar, he presses it down. Are you expecting a dollar back? Or are you expecting more? I remember being a baby Christian, and I love this testimony, sitting there where we worship. And Cindy's proud. She's got her check all filled out, and she's ready for the offering basket. You know, it's all good. Woo, we're faithful tithers. God's saying, put an extra 50 on there. We ain't got an extra 50. Uh, hey, listen, God's saying, put an extra 50. I'm not the accountant in the family, so it ain't bothering me, right? Hey, God's saying, put an extra 50. We don't have it, Aaron. I hear you. But I'm just telling you what God's telling me. Before we get out the door, it's all obedience. All obedience. And she can stand there and testify with me. Somebody put that $50 bill back in my hand before I got out the door. What are you expecting whenever you're giving? Can you take that that you give unto God and imagine, he says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, Dino. That's what he said. If I give a 50, am I expecting a 50 back? Huh? Anymore? No. 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 I expect a hundredfold return. Every time I give, I expect a hundredfold return. I expect a hundred. I, I heard a man of God in, in the beginning of our men's meeting, and he said, you know, you, you tithe off your tithing. But, and he challenged me, and I still haven't done it. And this has been since February. He said, Sunday's the start of a new day for God. You should bring in your best offering and give it to him. He ain't talking your 10%. He's saying, I'm challenging you to believe you give it on Sunday, and by Saturday, you're going to get that hundredfold return. I, honestly, I ain't got that faith. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm still, I'm sitting there, and I, I, I mean, it plays over my mind. Dr. Cole said it on a, on a videotape, and I'm sitting there going, wow, that is powerful, that is good. Yeah, I can't do that. Right? Why? Huh? I, I see him give abundantly unto me in all my life. And everything that I do, everything that I've ever put my hand to after, after surrendering to Jesus Christ, Chick-fil-A, whenever I first started the first year, we're going to be a half a million dollar uh, uh, business. We're 1.25. Whenever I took over two stores, we're only going to be a $2 million store. We're 3.5. Everything that I've ever put my hand to, God has multiplied it, abundantly grown it, blessed it, kept it, and it ain't me. It's all him. 
but it's all about being faithful unto God and giving with a good measure, allowing him to press it down, molding it however he wants to mold it, and then shaking it loose. Amen? Listen, when you give, and we're giving with a giving heart, it's okay to think in your mind. For with the same measure that you meet with, it shall be measured to you again. Your thought processing, man, I'm giving you a hundred, Lord, and I got a thousand dollars worth of debt I need paid off. Why not, why not pray it? I mean, we're, not, we're, at, we're talking to Jesus who said, I have come that you may have life. You've accepted that eternal life, but I've also come that you may have abundant life. Amen? Amen? Giving isn't all about your money, though. Don't get me wrong. Malachi 3 and 10. It's also about your time and your obedience to God, right? Because we learn in Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So what are we doing? It becomes our time. We got to give all of our time to God. We got to seek him first in everything that we do. We want to see that abundance. We want to see the kingdom grow. We got to give back to God abundantly. And then we got to expect abundantly in return. Was it you, John, who said I, 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 that I wanted to see God, God use you to save somebody every week? Was that you? That's, that's, that's the abundant life. That's the challenge that, that, that he laid out for God. Put somebody in my path, at least one person a week, that I can lead them to the Lord. That's the abundant life. That's giving unto God. I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to dedicate everything that I have to you. Put one person in front of me every week that I can lead them to the Lord. Amen. What's he doing? Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Do you believe it? Huh? Give, him, give him a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Psalms 37 verses 18 and 19. We'll start with 18. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and we know that all things work together, right? For good to them that are to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you called? Are you saved? Then you're called, right? Listen, and their inheritance shall be forever. He cares for you. He loves you, and he wants the best for you in every area of your life. Verse 19. And they shall not be ashamed. In the evil time, no matter what's going on in this world today, do not be ashamed of God. No matter the troubles that you're going through, whenever you hit a rock and you're going through a hard time, don't be ashamed of Jesus. Even at work, man, it's okay to struggle. Aiden Fancher had on a shirt today and Dave Palmer was reading and I don't exactly remember what it said. Don't judge him because he's Christian, because he's also human, right? We go through bad days. We go through, but in the, middle of the, in the middle of that bad day, don't be ashamed of Christ. Still brag about him. Still brag about him. In the middle of a bad day, and I put myself in a place last night I didn't know that I was going to be in. Trevor's car's been getting worked on for a month plus now, and my neighbor's been doing it for free, and, and it's all good, right? But he brought home a, a maintenance guy yesterday, and, and they're in there, and they're getting ready to, to finish it and work on it. And... In the middle of evil time, nobody around me. I had a choice last night. He opened up his Coors Light, walked straight over to me. I don't drink, thank you. 
I didn't say anything else. For about five minutes, they carried on conversation. And then the door opened. And I got to share Jesus. And I got to share that I'm 13 years sober. And he apologized for offering me a beer. Right? Even in the midst of evil, don't be ashamed of Jesus. Why? Because he deserves everything. Listen, don't be ashamed of him because there's a blessing. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Say it with me. I'll be satisfied. I'll be satisfied. In the days of famine, right now we're in a season of our lives where there's drought, there's famine talk, there's everything going on. But if we're not ashamed of Jesus, right there I'm hearing that he's going to take care of us. Whenever I started thinking about it today on a drive over and I started thinking of Elijah and the raven coming and dropping bread into him and allowing him to just have whatever he wanted. Woo! That's the God that we serve. In the midst of a famine, he went to a widow and he said, hey, listen, let's have some cake. And she said, I only got this little bit. I only got this little bit. And he said, my God will supply all your needs according to his glory. Right? That's exactly what happened. He wasn't, he wasn't ashamed. He wasn't ashamed. He talked about the Lord. And what took place? All of his needs were met and satisfied. Amen? Amen. Let's go 23 through 26. The steps of a good man right. hmm, are ordered by the Lord. Yeah. And he delighteth in his ways. Think about this. You got men and women serving your nation. Willing to lay down their life for you. Their steps are ordered by a general, by a lieutenant, by a sergeant. They're good people. Good people. Great people. They're willing to die for you and me. And for other people that they don't even know. They're great people. Willing to sacrifice it all. But their steps are ordered by somebody to keep them in line. Their steps are ordered so if they listen, there's a 99% possibility that they are coming back home. Their steps are ordered by a commander, and God is the same. He is our commander-in-chief, and he is ordering our steps. And not only does he order them, if we walk in them rightly, he's delighted in us. I have come that you may have life and that you have it more abundantly, and if he's delighted in your steps, man, my son's getting ready to graduate this Saturday. I'm delighted in his steps. Whew. Makes me proud. I'm delighted. He's listened so well. Right? That's the moment that we're all waiting for. It's for our father, our mother to be so proud of us, right? Our grandparents. God is proud of you. You are valuable. Jesus paid it all so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. He, order, he orders your step and he delights in your ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Because of you delighting, because of you walking right and God delighting in you, Josh, when we mess up, when we sin and we repent, he lifts us right back up. When Peter was walking on the water and he lost his faith, God still reached down, picked him right back up, put him back on the solid rock. Amen. That's the God that we serve with the abundance with the abundance for you and for I. I have been young and now am old. Yet I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. The illustration with Carrie's family, powerful, powerful. That, is, that should be all of our dreams. That should be all of our dreams. 
I look at Joan for 15 years. She prayed for her son, Kenny, who was lost as lost can be. I remember when Trevor said, Coach Kenny's here. We were at the old building at Jewel City. Coach Kenny's here. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Where? Oh, my gosh, Cindy, Coach Kenny's here. I mean, Kenny was a bad dude, still is a tough dude. But his heart's been changed, right? Prayed for 15 years. Wanting. She wasn't begging. She was praying him in faithfully. Why? And God heard that. Huh? He ordered her steps. He delighted in it. Even though he, he saw the son stumbling, he still upheld him with provenient grace until he knocked at his heart and he surrendered to him. Amen? Amen. Let's go verse 26. And he is every merciful. You, you thankful for that mercy? And he lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Man, think about that. He is merciful, and he lendeth, John. The owner of a cattle on a thousand hill lendeth to you and I. Who? His sons and daughters, and he says, his seed is blessed. It doesn't get any better than this. Amen? In closing tonight, let's read John 6 and 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I don't know where you're at in your walk, but if you're hungry for God, if you're thirsting for his righteousness, this altar is open right here, right now. And I encourage you to come because listen, I ain't there yet and I need filled up even more. And listen, I know that all of us aren't there yet and I guarantee you that you need more. And if you want that abundance, if you need a breakthrough out of something, there's something about an old fashioned altar. There's something powerful about meeting God here. And I'll say it again, on Easter Sunday or whatever it was, he had me take a microphone to Randy and there's a different anointing up on that platform, but there's a different anointing here versus back there. And I can't explain it, but I know what it feels like to be around the altar. Tonight, I encourage you to come as Adam plays something. I encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, come. He said, come. You want life and you want it more abundantly? Come. Come. Is there any here tonight that would say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Is there any here tonight that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'd love for you to come down here and meet Jesus at this altar. I'd love for you to meet him right here. But if you're not willing, I'd ask you to raise a hand. I'd ask you to raise a hand. Is there one tonight that say, I need Jesus? Is there one? Again, I encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, to come and meet him and ask him, what can he help you with? What can he help you with abundantly in your life? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 